0: Wow, what an exciting Daytona 500 we had. Let's talk about it. Well, the 2024 Daytona 500 is in the books. It was a day late, but it was still a very exciting race. Man, I always hate when a race gets delayed due to rain. Uh, Many things go into that. You lose some fan in attendance. The TV audience is normally down, so the rain at a race weekend is not fun. I remember back in, I think it was 2008 or so, when I spent many hours in the pouring rain at Michigan, and we didn't end up racing until Tuesday, so... I hate rain delays at a race. There's not much to do except get soaked. Uh, Another thing with the rain delay is most of the celebrities kind of go home or, you know, they have other events they have to get to. Uh, But credit to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, He stayed and he gave the drivers start your engines. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool uh, being a big WWF, WWE fan. And you know, having the Rock at a NASCAR race. That was really cool. So let's get into the Daytona 500. Man, it was, started out pretty interesting. Um, lap six, we had a big crash uh, after Brad Kozlowski uh, got into the back of the 42, uh, sent the 42 down into the 21 and it was uh took out some pretty good cars i think i thought the 21 was a pretty good car it looked really good in the duels um the 77 of carson Hosevar also looked cool um in the duels as well i don't know if cool is the best way to describe him but he looked pretty fast in the duels um the 41 got spun around uh i don't think he had much damage if anything uh, took out Jimmy Johnson, which I know a lot of people were rooting for him to have a good race. And then he basically just had to ride around the rest of the day. Uh, the three car also got involved in the 36 of Kaz Grala. Um, and this is just another Brad Kozlowski bump that I don't know. Like he just seems to hit people in the wrong spots every time. And it just sends someone out of control. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, A lot of people give Brad a lot of crap, and I've tried to defend Brad over the years, but that was just a bad move that early in the race. I I don't feel that lap six is where you need to be shoving and pushing that hard. Um, And like I said, took out, I would say, probably three good cars. Uh, The 2177 and Jimmy Johnson in the 84 were pretty good cars. Um, so yeah, I didn't, didn't really care for that crash, uh, very much. Um, man, I can tell you one driver that is ready to get out of Daytona and that is Ryan Blaney. He has had the worst luck at Daytona. Seems like he has really good luck at Talladega, but Daytona, not so much. And I'm not really sure why that is. Um, and he was part of the big one. A lot of people have talked about um, maybe moving the Clash back to Daytona. And even like Dale Earnhardt Jr. has talked about this. And I know Dale Jr. is not an owner in the Cup Series, but um, I would like to get a Cup owner's perspective on this. I would actually really like to uh, talk with Denny Hamlin about this and ask if you brought the Clash back to Daytona with the seven-car allotment that these teams have for each each team number. Um, If you crash one in the duel, you crash one in the clash, you crash one in the 500, and we're going to Atlanta, you crash one at Atlanta. If you've crashed four cars that are absolutely destroyed before you even really get into the season, what does that do for not only your costs, but what does that do for, you know, you are only got three cars left to get, through the you know West Coast and things like that. So what would that do as far as how far that puts the teams behind? That's why I don't feel like the class should go back to Daytona. I don't know where it should go. I like the sh- short track aspect, but I'm not sure where it should go. But back to the 500, Ryan Blaney's crashed two cars. Uh, so that team is in for a lot of work. Not only that, Ryan Blaney, his body is probably very, very sore Uh, The crash in the Duel and then the big one in the 500 took out a lot of good cars. Uh, That was just another bad bump. Uh, I I find it very funny that the people that give these bad bumps somehow always seem to make it through the crashes. Uh, I talked about earlier uh, with the six car. uh, He made it through that crash. The 48 and the 24 uh, made it through the big one here. The 48 gave the 24 a bad bump into Brad Keselowski, funny enough. Took out very, very good cars. Took out the six. uh, Took out the 22 of Joey Logano. um, Took out Denny Hamlin. Took out, I mean, Daniel Suarez was up there and got involved in it. Uh, So, just a lot of cars. Um, Like, half the field was involved. I think 18 cars were involved in that crash, so... I know Denny Hamlin was involved. Uh, Pick a number, they were probably involved. Uh, It was just a a really bad crash, and Ryan Blaney being one of those that was just... He's ready to get out of there. I'm sure he's ready to be done with the super speedways for a while. But no fear, we do have another one coming up here in just a few days at Atlanta. Um, Man... I don't know what more to say about this this race, um, but it it was a, it was a really good race. I felt like it was probably the best super speedway race on Daytona or Talladega that we've seen in this next gen car. Um, and I know a lot of that is the fuel saving, which I'll talk a little bit more about here in, in a uh, a few minutes, but I feel like the fuel savings really brought this package into, into better racing. Um, I hate the, the fact that you have to use the fuel mileage situation to make the racing good though, but right now they figured out how to make it good. Um, and, and I say they, as the drivers, not so much the, uh, the organization or, you know, the series with the cars. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like as a, a product on the on tv it was pretty good um coming to uh, the white flag i know there was a lot of controversy who won the race uh, nascar did post uh quite a bit about um the finish there and the 24 when they the time of caution the 24 was ahead of the 48 there were several videos going around uh, i know the 48's on board showed that he may have been ahead when the one light come on. But ultimately, William Byron and the 24 wins. <laughs> 48 finishes second. Um man. Uh, 40 years of Hendrick Motorsports to the day they win. So that's pretty cool. Um, but the 24 wins, 48 finishes second, one-two for Hendrick, like I said earlier. The the guys that that make the, the big bumps somehow managed to, uh, make it through the big wrecks. And not only did William Byron not necessarily make a bad bump, uh, it was a 48, but he was a part of that, um, wins the race. And obviously Bowman and the 48 finishes second, uh, coming to the white flag. We had the two and the seven, uh, the seven being Cory joy, the two being Austin Sendrick. They, got into each other as, uh, Austin Sendrick said, uh, he just basically hit him until he moved him out of the way. And that's when Ross Chastain come down and decided that it was his gap to fill. And that's what turned him, um, through the infield and the two back across the racetrack. Uh, causing the last crash of the night, but uh, I know Austin Sendrick's post-race, he was not happy with Corey LaJoy, says they're not friends, and Corey LaJoy basically said the same thing, Uh, and he said, uh, as far as Corey LaJoy said, Austin Sendrick's made some dumb moves before as well. So, with that being said, you know, quite an entertaining Daytona 500, uh, kept me on the edge of my seat for sure. I was... This is the first season I've really gone into a Daytona 500 since 2001. Not really pulling for a single driver. Um, you know, if you've listened to this podcast much, you know my favorite driver is Kevin Harvick, who retired last year. So coming into this 500, I really don't have a favorite driver right now uh, as far as like who I'm really pulling for. I'm just really trying to cover the sport um, with my takes. And I really am pulling for Denny Hamlin to, you know, get that championship. I know that might rub some people the wrong way, but I really like Denny Hamlin. I feel that he is a great competitor. I feel like he does good with the villain role, um, being the bad guy. But um, I, I just feel all around just um, he, he's he's he got a, a chip on his shoulder. I also like the fact that he does um, – he does – a lot for the sport. Let's be honest. Um, whether you like him or not, whether you like his team, uh, 2311, the drivers who drive for them. Um, he does a lot for the sport. He's reinvesting in the sport. And I, I think that's great. Um, the one thing I did want to talk about to conclude the Daytona 500 talk is the, uh, TV ratings did come out. Um, and I thought it was pretty decent. Um, you know, the viewership, uh, top five markets were Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Indianapolis, and Louisville, Kentucky. Um, the The viewership was 5.964 million viewers on a Monday at 4 o'clock. Um, I felt the race was late enough to where... If you had a nine to five job, you could have got home and seen the end of the race, which I thought the timing was pretty good for NASCAR. Still on Main Fox, which I also credit NASCAR and Fox for. But um, you know, uh, TV numbers decent. I uh, would have liked to have seen what it would have gotten on Sunday, um, but decent TV numbers. Um, but all in all, I feel like those are the top five markets every every weekend uh give or take a few uh weekends here or there um but coming out of the Daytona 500 uh weekend I would say uh Dustin Long reported that NASCAR is actually looking into the fuel saving uh strategies um I'm not sure that NASCAR needs to really worry about the fuel saving strategies as much as why this car is not competitive at 100% full throttle uh, side-by-side and pack racing. I feel like that's where NASCAR should be focused on, not so much of, well, they're out there saving fuel, so let's take another element out of the race and make them just be 100% and the race be god-awful. I feel like NASCAR should probably just work on making the package better, and that may not be an issue going forward. But it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Uh, I don't know how NASCAR would really regulate that as far as um, penalty wise. If they're in the middle of a race, like, oh uh, well, we've seen your throttle trace was only at fifty percent for half a lap, so we're gonna, you know, penalize you. I, I don't. I don't know how NASCAR would really enforce that um, going forward. But I mean, NASCAR is NASCAR. I feel like we're becoming a series of rules anymore uh, as far as, like, on-track activity. You have the, you know, if you lose a wheel, it's this penalty. I mean, it's too many penalties, too many points, too many different things that are going to turn not only the new audience away, but also the older generation away. Because just NASCAR is trying to put their hands in the pockets of everything. And, uh, speaking of NASCAR putting their hands in pockets, um, the charter deal is very interesting. Um, there's a lot coming out about this charter, um, deal and what's going to happen with that. Um, the RTA, the Racing Team Alliance, they actually wanted to have a charter meeting with NASCAR this past weekend at Daytona, and NASCAR decided, no, we're not going to do that, we're still going to meet with the teams individually, and also meet quarterly with the RTA. Uh, Curtis Polk, who is a big uh, investor for 2311, did say that uh, there's no uh, give or take going on in the negotiations. I feel like that's a a bad sign uh, as far as the NASCAR wanting to give these teams more money. I mean, this charter system, I mean, if you look at all the money that uh, for, say, Spire is invested, 2311 is invested, Colic Racing is invested. I mean, there's so many teams that have invested since these charters come out. Dale Jr. wants to buy one. There's so much that's been put on these charters and NASCAR is not really receptive to wanting to continue the agreement or just kind of wants to continue the way it is. Uh so the teams have actually hired an antitrust lawyer um to kind of help with the negotiations. That's um that's kind of an interesting tactic to take. Um We'll see what comes of this later on in the season. I'm sure, uh, from what I've heard and read, there's not going to be any potential boycotts or anything like that during the season. Uh, I read a report earlier in like January, I believe, when it said that you know NASCAR drivers could like park on pit road for a stage or something. I don't see that happening. Um, I just think that would be detrimental not only to uh, the sponsors. Uh, but the race team itself. Um, but this will be a very interesting topic to continue to look into going forward uh, as far as what's going to happen with this with this charter system. Uh, does it continue? I know IndyCar is actually looking at something similar. So um, it's something that is very, I don't want to say popular, because it's a kind of its own deal, but it's something that guarantees the owners some sort of revenue for their teams. And it's just another thing that's new, so a lot of people don't understand it, but NASCAR needs something like this because it does give some sort of equity to the race teams. It does give some financial stability to these teams. So, man, this is going to be going to be something very, very interesting to watch. I am excited about uh, the future of uh, NASCAR um, just for the fact that, like I said, I don't have a favorite driver right now. I'm just kind of here to watch the race. I'm here to watch the racing and kind of just give you my take on, on it. Um, I enjoy doing this podcast. We are hoping to kind of branch out and do some more media side of things. Uh I've been uh posting on TikTok a lot more, X, uh Facebook. I'm I'm still getting into the Instagram kind of things. Uh but most of most of my content is posted on X. It's also posted on TikTok. Those are the two big platforms we use. Uh all that information's in the description below. In the show notes. Um, like I said, the way I'm trying to do the the podcasting right now is each series will have their own like pre race and post race episodes. Each series will kind of have like breaking news episodes that come in, and um, so like I said, mostly Mondays uh, the post race uh, episode will come out. This weeks have been a little bit crazy with. Daytona being pushed today and everything. Uh, And then the pre-race episodes will come out like Thursday evening. Um, So, yes, so keep a look out for if you're listening to this podcast before Thursday evening, this is going to come out Wednesday night. So if you are looking for a preview episode, that'll come out tomorrow evening. If you listen to this Wednesday night or if you listen to this Thursday morning, check out Uh, tonight or first thing Friday morning, there'll be an Atlanta preview episode that will be out where I go in depth about what the previous races have been like and what I look for, uh, going into this race weekend. But like I said earlier, if you follow me on X or follow on, uh, TikTok, you're going to find a lot more content from me throughout the week. Um, so like I said, make sure you follow those platforms and those are in the description below and I will talk to you in the next episode.